This is a Young Catholic Minute. Hey man, don't impose your beliefs on me. Whoa, hang on a second. If you really believe that people shouldn't impose their beliefs on others, then why are you imposing that belief on me? Like it or not, there are times when the right thing to do is imposing your belief on others. What if policemen didn't like imposing their belief that stealing was wrong on burglars? What if you told your dentist not to impose his belief that you needed a tooth pulled on you? There would be chaos. Sure, nobody likes to be told what to do, but sometimes we have to trust those who know better, like dentists and God. And if we don't understand something that God is trying to tell us, then instead of rejecting it immediately, we should search for the truth. If we do that instead of refusing to listen, we will discover God's plan for us, even if it's hard to understand at first. For more Young Catholic Minutes, go to youtube.com slash youngcatholic. A prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, you taught the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant that by the same gift of that same Spirit, we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. The effort to get Catholic radio on the air in Southeast Louisiana started years ago, and now it's here. Financial support is, and will continue to be, an ongoing need to keep Catholic radio on the air. But now, more than ever, I'd like to ask for a different kind of support. Your prayers. We've come a long way, but we need your prayers. The lights can only burn bright with financial donations, but a donation of prayer keeps the possibilities burning much brighter. This is Saint of the Day for April 9th from the Franciscans and St. Anthony Messenger Press. Today we celebrate Saint Casilda. Some saints' names are far more familiar to us than others, but even the lives of obscure holy persons teach us something. And so it is with St. Casilda, the daughter of a Muslim leader in Toledo, Spain, in the 10th century. Casilda was herself raised as a Muslim and showed special kindness to Christian prisoners. She became ill as a young woman, but was not convinced that any of the local Arab doctors could cure her. So she made a pilgrimage to the shrine of San Vicenzo in northern Spain. Like so many other people who made their way there, many of them suffering from hemorrhages, Casilda sought the healing waters of the shrine. We are uncertain what brought her to the shrine, but we do know that she left it relieved of illness. In response, she became a Christian and lived a life of solitude and penance not far from the miraculous spring. It's said that she lived to be 100 years old. Her death likely occurred around the year 1050. Tensions between Muslims and Christians have often existed throughout history, sometimes resulting in bloody conflict. Through her quiet, simple life, Casilda served her creator, first in one faith, than another. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, franciscanradio.org. From the Franciscans and St. Anthony Messenger Press, this is Saint of the Day. 
Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, a show to uplift and inspire women and our families, where we tell you not our truth, but the truth, with the sweetness of the feminine, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us as women in our vocation in whatever state of life we may be in. I'm Stacy Galino, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Dr. Mary Wallace and Erin Berryhill-Franco. Good afternoon, ladies. Hey, Stacy. How's everybody? Hey. Good afternoon. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great. He is still Wonderful. risen. He's risen and he is the divine mercy. Oh, amen. Amen. And, and um, oh my gosh, we just got through with Divine Mercy Sunday. I shouldn't say got through with, we celebrated, celebrated. Divine That's Mercy right. Sunday. What a gift. What a powerful, powerful gift. And uh, so what, what's new with you ladies? I feel like it's been a while since I've seen you. Oh. The week goes by very slowly sometimes. Well, I'm still growing a baby over here. Yay. <laughs> you should be getting pretty close there. <laughs> I am. I hope so. That's so exciting, Erin. I see mamas with their babies everywhere, and my heart just, uh, it just aches. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Hey, Erin, get ready for zone defense. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, y'all are going to be outnumbered now. <laughs> You I sh- don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, you're going to, yeah. It, you're going to be awesome. Just a yeah, patient it, mother, patient, patient, kind, loving, nurturing mother and father, may I say. Uh, great well, gift. I'll my rosary enough. I'm sure that'll help. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, today is a very exciting day. We have got a fantastic guest I cannot wait. Should I tell everybody now or should we wait? I I think I'll go ahead. I can't wait anymore. It's Audrey Assad, Catholic convert, Catholic musician, fantastic human being. So, so excited about that. Sings like an angel. Sings like an angel, writes so profoundly, so deeply. Um, Mm -hmm. Very, there's no shallow lyrics there whatsoever. No. Um, And you know, in, in, in honor of Audrey and in honor of all musicians, I know that we were going to talk about St. Cecilia today as our saint. And so I found, actually, a prayer of St. Cecilia. And I thought we could start off our day with that prayer. Erin, if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us. Oh, I'd love to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O glorious saint who chose to die instead of denying your king, we pray you please to help us as his fair praise we sing. We lift our hearts in joyous song to honor him this way. And while we sing, remembering to sing is to doubly pray. At once in our hearts and in our tongues, we offer double prayer, sent heavenward on winged notes to praise God dwelling there. While in our hearts and tongues, we try with song to praise God twice. We ask dear saint to help us be united close to Christ. Amen. 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 And Our Lady of Good Counsel, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies, we've got all kinds of good things going on uh, around us. And certainly, Mary, um, quite a bit of activity I know from you. You've had a recent blog post that caught caught my eye. Um, I wanted to just, you could tell us a little bit about that. It was called Run and Tell That. The yeah. title was very intriguing. <laughs> Mary tell that yes run and tell us (laughs) well you know I like to keep it fun and funny but yet 
uh, with the understanding that women are part of this new evangelization. And in getting ready, I know we I've already had uh, my talk at my church uh, was this past Saturday, but in preparing for that talk, really thinking about all of the women in the Bible and how, um, especially in the New Testament, Jesus uh, spoke to the women and, and, and treated the women. And several years ago at a retreat, um, I was using the Ignatian spirituality prayer um, to really get get into the gospel messages and really understand scripture. And um, and I was led to to the gospel reading, John uh, chapter 20, verses 11 through 18, in which Mary Magdala runs to the tomb and realizes that Jesus is not there. And um, it is, you know, she's she's begging this man who she thinks is the gardener uh, tell me where you've taken him. I will go and get him, you know, and <clears throat> just missing her Lord and, and loving him in his death. And um, it was Jesus she was talking to, of course, and he said to her, Mary. And it was then that she recognized him in the calling oh. of her name. And uh, it, it, it got me to thinking about how many uh, times during the day that Jesus says our names and we overlook it you know in the big things and the small things and we are just going along with our own designs and our own plans and we don't recognize it but when he touches your heart when he calls you that name that only you know uh, and pulls you closer into his sacred heart and you recognize his name and then the next thing he tells her is don't cling to me and I know there's been a lot written about what that might have meant or whatever Um, and I'm not here to interpret that at all but the next thing he tells her is go and tell the others. Right. Bring them to me. Let me come to them. And so really for me, that was him calling her into evangelization and, and making sure that women were a part of running and telling that, you know, yeah. bringing people to Christ and then, um, and then bringing more people to Christ. And that's what Mary Magdala did. Um, and really, God gave us, you know, we're, we're often uh, teased for our talkativeness and the right. fact that we talk more than, than our, our, our St. Joseph's and whatnot. But this is one way it's actually used as a gift, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, in all the gifts in that femininity, the whole idea that women are nurturing, receptive, you know, the, the whole position of women, our bodies themselves are called to being receptive. And uh, receptive to life and receptive right. to others. And Jesus knew that. I mean, we're made in his image. And he knew that. And he uses that gift over and over and over with women to run and tell others to bring them to him. And it, it's just a beautiful gift, I think, that being able to channel your speaking energy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. In, in ways Holy that ways. matter. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, a little reflection on the scripture that you mentioned, John 2011, that came up recently um, as part of the, the daily scripture for Mass. And it has to do with, of course, Mary Magdalene being outside the tomb weeping. And it says, as she wept, she bent over the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been. Now, if you picture that, it is, it, it's the slab, okay, of stone. Right. I've been there. And then these two beautiful angels shrouding, if you will, hovering over end to end over this. That is the mercy seat that is reflected or is spoken about in the Old Testament. That is the seat where the Messiah would sit. In reality, Mary Magdalene actually sees it. It was on top of the Ark of the Covenant 
Okay, so that is an, yet another point. It points uh, in another way that this is, in fact, the Messiah. How beautiful that she was the one to see that. It's just marvelous. I mean, how rich and deep are the scriptures and our faith to recognize all of these jewels in this one scripture? In you this know? one scripture. And for women especially, I think, uh, you know, for our listeners to understand that feminine beauty, that the the delight that Jesus took in Mary Magdala. I, I just, I love it. And, and the redemption that she met, his divine mercy over and over and over again in her life. And so it's just so, beautiful. So profound, so profound. Well, I do want to um, actually save some time here to talk about our saint for the day. And that is St. Cecilia. And so you've got some, some information for us as well on that, Mary. I do. You know, these women saints, I know I say it every time, but they, they just get better and better at these stories. <laughs> they just, and I think it's as we are breaking open the books and the understanding of these women saints, we're breaking open our hearts and, and just accepting everything that God is telling us about women and our feminine beauty. This is a beautiful saint. Her uh, St. Cecilia's feast day is November the 22nd. She's the patron of musicians. We've already said that. She was born uh, and lived in the second to third centuries. She was a virgin, um, although she married, and it was a beautiful romantic story between her and a young man named Valerian. Um, she, she prayed to the angels and saints to protect her virginity. She, she wanted to remain uh, a virgin um, until her death. And uh, on her wedding day, this is, this is why she's patron of musicians, um, she sang in her heart to Jesus, holy heavenly hymns, and the music was from heaven itself. Ooh. And so that, that is part of her patronage uh, to musicians. <clears throat> this is what she told her husband. Now, she loved Valerian, and he loved her. And I might be saying his name wrong, but that's how I'm going to say it. Um, but she told her husband, this, these are quotes. Well, you know, they're quotes according to the website. I will tell you a secret if you will swear not to reveal it to anyone. There is an angel who watches me and wards off from me any who would touch me. He told her, dearest, if this be true, show me the angel. She responded. Now listen to this. I'm, I'm telling you, women, new evangelization, we, got, we have no excuse. No excuse. St. Cecilia says to him, that can only be if you believe in one God and be baptized. So she said, Ooh. oh, I will show you the angel. But first, <laughs> you've got to. You got some work to do here. You got some work to do, honey. Mm -hmm. And so she sent her husband. You know, she could have sent him to the, you know, the town priest, I guess. She sent him the Pope Urban. Who just going to the top. Yep. Yeah. Let's let's cut out the middlemen and just <laughs> go right on up to the top. So she went. He went to Pope Urban, who baptized him. And when he and so he was away from Cecilia for a while. When he returned to her, he walked into their bedchamber and he saw Cecilia praying in her chamber with an angel by her flame with flaming wings, holding two crowns of roses and lilies, mm. which then he placed on their heads. And then the angel vanished. Wow. Well, when the brother of Valerian entered the bedchamber, which makes me think, why did the brother enter the bedchamber? Yes. I'm sure for some holy reason, yeah, but very yeah. holy reasons. The brother entered the bedchamber. He smelled the flowers. And he was like, what is going on? What's with the flowers? The uh, Valerian told him what had happened. And the brother said, well, I want to be baptized. And so guess what? 
He went to Pope Urban too? She sent him to Pope <laughs> Urban. This woman, I mean, you can't get any better. This is awesome. Uh, the two brothers did devote themselves, uh, and they were uh, they were burying martyrs that were slain daily. Yeah, this was during a, a time of very heavy persecution. Very he- this was early church, Ugh. very, very heavy persecution. They were arrested. They refused to sacrifice to the gods, and they were executed. But in the meantime, Cecilia was still sending people to Pope Urban to get baptized. <laughs> she sent over 400 people to Pope Urban. Uh, she was arrested wow. and condemned to be suffocated in the baths. And the baths, they were heated up like the flames were turned real high on these, these waters. And um, she was in the baths for a day and a night, but she did not even break a sweat. Um, so then they ordered for her head to be cut off. Uh, they tried three times. Her head would not <laughs> come off. Um, so they left her bleeding where she lived, lived for three days. Crowds came to collect her blood with napkins and sponges. And she continued to preach and pray to them. Um, and and th- this was just part of what she was offering up to the Lord. Um, she was died and then she was buried. She by. was died. She was died. She was <laughs> died. We're just finishing yeah, Easter dying egg. Yeah. Um, she was she died and she was buried by Pope, Pope Urban. Urban. I were, know. This is an awesome story. They yeah. were they were collaborating. They were working I mean, together, first name basis. Bringing souls to God. I just oh. I love Saint Cecilia. Aaron? Yeah. Okay. So you know what just really touched my heart with her? First of all, I'm thinking, this person could not be real. I mean, she's <laughs> She's she just was. too perfect. It's, you know, how can I relate to her? And then the Lord said, this saint started with her family and her in-laws, oh, bringing people right. to the Lord. She started with her husband. And um, and that's really what we're supposed to do. And that's really, I think, what I get from her now that we've kind of heard her story is um, she started with her husband. And that's where we're all supposed to start. Before we run and tell that to everybody else, we better be doing it in our own homes, you know? That's right. That is right. Reminds me of Mother Teresa, too, because oh. she also had that same thing. You start with your own family, and you start very simple. That's right. You know, yeah. I forget the exact quote, probably one of Something y'all. Something like that. Something like that. That's the <laughs> gist of it. That's that's what it means, okay? So and we start was... with, and that can be the hardest thing, actually, can it, sometimes. Our families who, you know, we love the most, sometimes they're the people that hurt us and that we hurt them the most, so... But, uh, hey, we're coming up on a break, girls. That means we'll be back in just a few moments with Faith and Good Counsel and Audrey Assad. A prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, you taught the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant that by the same gift of that same spirit, we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. 
The effort to get Catholic Radio on the air in Southeast Louisiana started years ago, and now it's here. Financial support is, and will continue to be, an ongoing need to keep Catholic Radio on the air. But now, more than ever, I'd like to ask for a different kind of support. Your prayers. We've come a long way, but we need your prayers. The lights can only burn bright with financial donations, but a donation of prayer keeps the possibilities burning much brighter. This is Saint of the Day for April 9th from the Franciscans and St. Anthony Messenger Press. Today we celebrate Saint Casilda. Some saints' names are far more familiar to us than others, but even the lives of obscure holy persons teach us something. And so it is with Saint Casilda, the daughter of a Muslim leader in Toledo, Spain, in the 10th century. Casilda was herself raised as a Muslim and showed special kindness to Christian prisoners. She became ill as a young woman, but was not convinced that any of the local Arab doctors could cure her. So she made a pilgrimage to the shrine of San Vicenzo in northern Spain. Like so many other people who made their way there, many of them suffering from hemorrhages, Casilda sought the healing waters of the shrine. We are uncertain what brought her to the shrine, but we do know that she left it relieved of illness. In response, she became a Christian and lived a life of solitude and penance not far from the miraculous spring. It's said that she lived to be 100 years old. Her death likely occurred around the year 1050. Tensions between Muslims and Christians have often existed throughout history, sometimes resulting in bloody conflict. Through her quiet, simple life, Casilda served her creator, first in one faith, than another. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, franciscanradio.org. From the Franciscans and St. Anthony Messenger Press, this is Saint of the Day. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel. I'm Stacy Galino, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Dr. Mary Wallace and Aaron Berryhill Franco. Welcome back, girls. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. hey. I loved hearing I loved hearing about Mary Magdalene last segment. Oh. That was awesome, Mary. She's beautiful. She is beautiful. I really need to reflect more on Mary Magdalene. I haven't I I haven't done that. I haven't delved into her as deeply. Um, but she really calls to me what you were sharing with us. So so beautiful. Well, girls, I'm very, very excited. I'm definitely called to the music of our next guest, um, Audrey Assad, who we have on the line with us. Hi, Audrey. Hey there, how's it going? We are great. And I'm even better now that we're talking to you. <laughs> so Aww, that's so awesome. You know, um, I'm, I'm a musician myself. So, of course, I appreciate beautiful music. I'm a devout Catholic. And the two together and what I hear from you just moves me so, so deeply. Um, and I'm, I'm so delighted that you would agree to come on with us here on Faith and Good Counsel and, and share, share about you and, and your music. Thank you for having me. It's um, great to be part Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, um, as a convert myself, um, too, I'm always inspired by fellow convert conversion stories, you know, and I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. can you give us a little information about how you found yourself in the Catholic Church? A little little information about you yeah. and then kind of take us in how you came into the Catholic Church. Sure, sure. I was raised in New Jersey, and um, my father's from Damascus, Syria, and my mother's American. And I was raised. Um, Plymouth Brethren, which is kind of like a, a small, non-denominational type thing, um, very similar to sort of the Quaker movement in some ways. Okay, I don't think I've ever heard of that particular domina- uh, denomination. Can you say that one again? 
Yeah, Plymouth Brethren. Plymouth it is a Brethren. smaller denomination, but it has a claim to fame, which is that its founder, whose name is John Nelson Darby, um, split off from the Anglican Church in 1835 and actually was the first person to kind of propagate the pre-tribulational rapture theory. Is that right? And yes. He is the first person that circulated that in any kind of wide. There's only two theories. It's either he did it or this one girl at a prayer meeting or something. But it's all kind of it all kind of happened around the same time, and and he's famous for that. And um, that was where I was raised, was in that kind of uh, of, of area. And they were actually um, a really beautiful little group of people, and, and they still exist. They're global, but they're very small. Sure. And um, they taught me to love the Word of God, and they taught me to pursue him, you know, um, with all my heart. And so I thank them for that. And I, I was, so I was raised in that kind of a background. And, um, and then when I was 18, we moved to West Palm Beach, Florida from New Jersey. And I, I like to say that the sound of music brought me into the Catholic church. Amen to that. <laughs> yes. Well, the heels are alive. It <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's it amazing is. Movie. And I, it was my favorite movie as a kid. And I used to watch it as a young child, and um, there was this particular scene that really gripped me, and it was when Maria marries the captain in the cathedral. Oh! And I know, yeah. I know, it was like all the nuns behind the cloister, oh. and then I was, I would rewind it over and over again while the bishop would do the sign of the cross over them, and I was like, "What is that?" I mean, I just said, no. oh. it was like watching a foreign uh-huh. culture, like another country, and just their customs. Like it, it seems like another. Like culture and country to me, and, and in a lot of ways, it, it actually is, and it was. Um, and so, anyway, when we moved to Florida, a couple of years after that, I had begun playing music around town, and it had started writing music at 19 years old, and had kind of a second conversion personally at 19, just to the Lord in general, and um, that kind of sparked the, the the writing and the music for me uh, as far as actually, you know, yeah, writing and recording and playing. And so a couple of years after that, I was 21 or, two, or 21 or 22, I can't remember exactly, but I was standing in a coffee shop in line and a kid came up to me, a high school student, and I'd never met him before. And he said, you know, hey, I'm Dan. I've seen you play around town and like, I like your music kind of thing. And I was like, oh, nice to meet you. And then he's like, well, you want to sit with me and my friends? And I was like, all right. And so I did. And I don't really know why, but I just decided it would be fun. So it was like, this group of high school students and they were just so vibrant and so fun and interesting. And we were talking and I asked them where they went to church. Cause we started talking about church stuff and they said, St. Rita's Catholic church. And I think it was just the right moment in my life where I was primed to finally get to ask all the yeah. questions I had been having because, you know, as a kid I'd been intrigued by it, but then, you know, I was taught at my, in my religious background that Catholicism was corrupt and, um, yes the church was the whore of Babylon Mm -hmm. like that. So I, uh, so I I had all these questions and they had been living in my heart for many years. And and so I started just throwing them at these kids and particularly the kid who had introduced himself to me. And, um, and he just dismantled most of my preconceived notions in one night. And I actually ended up sitting with them for about six hours, um, talking. And then I went to mass with him the next day. And I mean, it took me a few years actually come into the church because I studied a lot um, and really got catechized well first, but it, but my heart was there really fast. I, I felt very compelled by the Mass, and it was a morning Mass with no music or anything, and it was just really quiet and small, and I, I, I knew that I had encountered something that I wanted, you know, honestly, and so so I did. So I studied, and I did RCIA, and then I came in in 2007. 
Oh, magnificent. How, and that was, I'm sure, just a profound, profound experience. Um, your Absolutely. The actual coming in, your first communion, just mm-hmm. magnificent. I, I remember mine as wonderful. well. Yeah, wonderful. Audrey, tell us, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a mother of four daughters, and we go to all of these youth events. And so I've, I've actually seen you perform. I see you perform with the Gray Fox. That's what we like to call Matt Marr here in Baton Rouge, <laughs> Louisiana. <laughs> And I mean, it's just, I mean, I'm just saying, and, um, you know, we, my daughters in particular, they buy every CD you ever put out. They download mm-hmm. you on iTunes. We give you a lot of money. Me too. And, yeah, <laughs> me too. And, and we love it. I mean, it is such great and beautiful music. And, um, um, I was listening to a CD with them that it was just so beautiful and so different, um, stylistically from some of the other contemporary music you might hear, or even some of the cat. Catholic musical styles. Can you tell us a little bit about your musical style and maybe mm-hmm. how it was influenced by your cultural background? And uh, yeah. what you what do you think attracts the young church to the, to your music? You know, um, as far as that last question about the young church, that's something that I actually am a little bit mystified by because I feel like I'm influenced by so many old things, and I mean maybe that's the key to it that that really uh, I am influenced by. A lot of um, art that I grew up hearing, you know, my mother raised me on Simon and Garfunkel and James right. Taylor and, um, you know, Fleetwood Mac and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, you can go your and own that's way. still my favorite stuff, you know, it's still my favorite stuff. And I, as far as pop music goes, I mean, I listen to that more than anything I do, you know, that's new. I mean, I do listen to new music, but I, I always come back to that. And, um, and then I also, you know, in my, in my church tradition, um, we did not have musical instruments during our services, Ooh. and so we um, sang from the hymnal, which mostly Anglican hymns, which because that's where we came from originally. And so everyone sang full voice, and everyone harmonized, and everyone knew how to sing because awesome. we had to, or else music didn't happen. And so I also have a an influence definitely from the hymnal, and I think it influences my song structure quite a bit. Um, and so maybe that's why the young church is drawn to it because it's. I hope that my influences are substantial in the sense that they they actually um are musical which you know today's a lot of today's music is a lot less musical than i think yeah past time has been and so um i'm very influenced by that and maybe that's why they're drawn to it i mean i'm drawn to that i'm young ish still and i i'm really drawn to things that are old and things that are um time tested and so i hope that me being influenced by that maybe is what um, might be attractive to younger people. I don't know. Other than that, I can't really think of why. Well, but and I think uh, beautiful. I mean, and and I think it's you as well. When you know, um, my daughters came home one day and said, Audrey Assad shaved one side of her head. That's what we're yeah. we're gonna go do that. We're gonna go do that. I said, Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, we need to chat. So Let's funny. talk. You know, but That's they so they funny. they are just so drawn to the beauty of the music, which I think emanates from you as well. You know. Mm, yeah, hair thing was funny because I, love I had been wanting to do it for such a long time. And I honestly, partially because I just never do things like that. <laughs> I'm a scaredy cat about hair and anything else. And I, um, I was going through a lot of changes at the time, just personally and kind of, and I thought, man, what, what better time? I was in LA. I decided to do oh, it. Oh, well, so I did. there you go. LA. And I know. And I, I went for it and I, and I came back and I posted a picture on my Facebook and was shocked 
by the way people responded because I knew that a lot of people wouldn't be into that kind of haircut. I mean, I knew like it's kind of a weird one, but um, but people were like scathing and like Ooh. almost like angered by it. Some people and like fans, you know. And I was really interested in that, and it actually it was probably this is probably not a good thing, but I I felt almost aggravated to that by to the point of like I want to do more things like this just to annoy these people. Yes. Because, <laughs> like it's so funny to me that they're so upset about my hair and whatever. But I I kind of restrain myself, you know. You do doing things for that reason, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the hair, that's funny. I'm so, I'm sorry about your daughter. No. <laughs> hey, she's got control but, over that. But I think that's it's all right. That's right. That's, <laughs> but, and they'll still buy your albums. Absolutely. That's you know, you know, one thing that I've noticed is that, um, you do, I, I see your posts on your Facebook and so forth. Um, and that you, you do tend to stimulate some conversation sometimes and mm-hmm. you are attacked. I've seen that, but, yes. but, but I think it's so beautiful how you approach people with love maybe that's not what our feelings are when we're attacked but you certainly right. don't attack them back you know which i think is I try what, not to you know yeah what do you think is I the, really, the source of that what do you think well i think for me personally going through my conversion to catholicism really put, pitted me against a lot of people unwittingly like i didn't know it was going to be that difficult but a lot of my friends and family were um, very mystified by the choice and kind of wanted to know, but also they were, a lot of them had, you know, different, just like I did, preconceived notions about it and kind of um, initial emotional reactions that were maybe stronger than I expected. And so I got very seasoned very quick at uh, learning to absorb someone's frustration without ingesting it and internalizing it. And then, find a way to get to a place where the conversation can be peaceful. And so I, I hope that that comes through in the way I approach, you know, people on my page. And, and sometimes I'm willing, you know, to call someone out if, if I don't know them and they've said something to me that I think is disrespectful. I mean, I'm willing to say that because I think I, sh- I think we all should be, but yeah. I do think that um, I try not to, you know, lash out for sure. If I, if someone is, is mean or whatever but um yeah I think I think I'm I have a lot of patience I think for that just because I had to develop that patience through the experience of becoming Catholic for sure indeed and and I I I understand you know being Catholic sometimes we well many times we're very much a target just by virtue of the fact that we are Catholic you know and particularly I'm from a different generation than you I'm I probably could be your mama but um (laughs) you're from that millennial I guess you're called millennials and there's so Mm -hmm. many challenges in that generation that you know and certainly the, the, the Catholic Church holds to the same truths that we've always held to and that does put us at odds with you know secular society and and you know how do you handle that and and we've got just a couple of minutes before we got to go to break but mm-hmm, but give mm-hmm. us kind of the short story on that it's it's interesting because yeah you know each each generation of catholics has sort of had that specific they have their own specific battle with culture mm-hmm. and the perception um and and for us uh for me it's seems to be um obviously the scandal of the past few years with the the sex scandal was is a big thing for people and mm-hmm. um and I understand why you know because yes I mean it's been in some ways like uh I don't want to say blown out of proportion because I don't want to belittle what happened but it certainly I'll just say this it strikes a chord with people and yes. so that's what I hear about a lot and um and I think the other thing that I hear about a lot as a former evangelical is the seeming sort of 
spiritual drought that a lot of the areas of our country have mm-hmm. appeared to be in, in the Catholic world. Mm-hmm. And, and I grew up in the Northeast where there were a lot of cultural Catholics, nominal Catholics, and that is something that people uh, bring up to me a lot. And I've kind of come to the conclusion, I suppose, that um, all the truth in the world and, the, and the, the, all the debate in the world won't convert most people. Because what they're battling is their experience. And so I found that virtue and kindness, and um, it it goes a lot farther, honestly, because what it does is it paves the road for that conversation later, even if it's not with me. If I I meet someone at a show and they're like, I know this has happened, and they walk up to my table and they're like, you're Catholic, and it's, you know, the priests are demonic, and, and they go off, and I just try to be kind and, and just shut up and say nothing, because I know that that conversation is not going to happen right now, but maybe if I'm kind to this person in two years, they'll Amen. remember and be ready for that. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Audrey, well, can you stick around with us for the break? Absolutely. Okay, we'll be back in just a few moments with Audrey Assad on Faith and Good Counsel. A prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, you taught the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant that by the same gift of that same Spirit, we may be truly wise, and ever rejoice in his consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. The effort to get Catholic Radio on the air in Southeast Louisiana started years ago, and now it's here. Financial support is, and will continue to be, an ongoing need to keep Catholic Radio on the air. But now, more than ever, I'd like to ask for a different kind of support. Your prayers. We've come a long way, but we need your prayers. The lights can only burn bright with financial donations, but a donation of prayer keeps the possibilities burning much brighter. This is Saint of the Day for April 9th from the Franciscans and St. Anthony Messenger Press. Today we celebrate Saint Casilda. Some saints' names are far more familiar to us than others, but even the lives of obscure holy persons teach us something. And so it is with Saint Casilda, the daughter of a Muslim leader in Toledo, Spain, in the 10th century. Casilda was herself raised as a Muslim and showed special kindness to Christian prisoners. She became ill as a young woman, but was not convinced that any of the local Arab doctors could cure her. So she made a pilgrimage to the shrine of San Vicenzo in northern Spain. Like so many other people who made their way there, many of them suffering from hemorrhages, Casilda sought the healing waters of the shrine. We are uncertain what brought her to the shrine, but we do know that she left it relieved of illness. In response, she became a Christian and lived a life of solitude and penance not far from the miraculous spring. It's said that she lived to be 100 years old. Her death likely occurred around the year 1050. Tensions between Muslims and Christians have often existed throughout history, sometimes resulting in bloody conflict. Through her quiet, simple life, Casilda served her creator, first in one faith, then another. 
There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, franciscanradio.org. From the Franciscans and St. Anthony Messenger Press, this is Saint of the Day. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacey Galino, Mary Wallace, and Aaron Berryhill-Franco. And most exciting today, we have Audrey Assad with us, and we have been having a fantastic conversation. Well, welcome back, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, Stacey. I know Erin was waving her hand wildly. She had something she wanted to ask Audrey. Ready, go. Oh, uh, well, first of all, Audrey, I just want to tell you, it's such an honor to talk to you. And um, I know my mother would want me to say that, too, because she's a huge <laughs> fan. She got she got me into you. So anyway, oh, but, um, I was I was actually really struck when you were telling us earlier about your conversion story and how kind of one of the tipping points for you was whenever you were at the coffee shop or wherever it was and the high school students invited mm-hmm. you to go sit with them. And I know I've done um, a good bit of youth ministry work and I still help out with friends, youth groups and stuff a lot. And I, I guess my question was, are there just a couple of just ways that those teens came across to you, even though you were a little bit mm-hmm. older and not in high school anymore, that that mm-hmm. um, just drew, drew you to them? I know you said they were vivacious and lively and that kind of thing, but what was it about them that didn't turn you off, that you weren't like, oh, mm-hmm. someone's trying to preach to me, you know? Yeah, well, I think, I don't know if it would be this way for everyone, but for me, what really drew me to them and to my friend Dan in particular at the time um, was a certain, I would love to call it sober intoxication, like uh, Father Contra <laughs> talked about, because he they were very vivacious and vibrant and fun, and they were young and all of those things, but they had a certain gravity and awareness of their faith that translated into, um, it, it was interesting, you know, they, like Dan, I look at him, and I think, man, he was 17 years old, working part-time at a tuxedo rental shop, you know, and, but he knew, I mean, he knew his faith and he knew what the church taught about a lot of things that I think at the time, if I had asked him those questions and he had been sort of like, well, I don't know, I don't think about that. You know, I might've, I might've kept on with my preconceived notions of what Catholic people think and believe and, you know, but he, and he didn't know the answers to all my questions, but he knew where to look, you know, and he sort of went, well, I don't know that one, but let me email you. And, um, and other things, you know, just simple answers. I would ask him about the Pope and Mary and the saints and whatever. And he just had a really good handle on what the Catholic Church taught. And I felt, I, I was found that very appealing because it was like, well, here's these fun young people and they're, and they're still kids, but they care about the church and, they, and they've and they taken the time to learn. And um, now I know that's probably due to the formation of youth ministers like yeah, yourself. But right. uh, that, really, that really did attract me. You know, I felt like that... Uh, they were very approachable and willing to approach me and, and they were not um, proselytizing me at all. Like there was no sort of, Hey, here's a tract or right. you know, anything. They just sort of handled my, like I asked them things and they were able to, to answer. And uh, it was really cool. You know, God just waited for that moment, Audrey, when your heart was open, you know, because mm-hmm. I know I, mm-hmm. you, we probably have both had had anti-Catholic. It sounds like training and I mean, for for me, it was actually kind of scary. I didn't didn't want to talk to Catholics, you know. But um, I wanted to I to, to um 
think about talking uh, I don't want to think about it. I actually want to talk about, rather, your music. You've got a new venture going on, and I want you to just kind of introduce us to what's new with sure. in your music career. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've recorded and released three records, um, two studio records and one live, and I did all three of those with a record label who um, was very good to me, and we had some good years together. And then in recent months, it's sort of uh, the situation changed, and I parted ways with them on good terms, but, um, you know, for various reasons that are really not important. But So I found myself independent, and then I decided that what I wanted to do um, was to sort of split what I do into two two different sections of music. I'm going to be keeping the Audrey Saad brand alive, but I'm going to be focusing more on church music Mm -hmm. for everything from praise and worship to writing mass settings and things like that. Uh, Because I really have a passion for that. And I think a lot of my most successful songs have actually been more in that vein. And, uh, and then I'm going to do some pop stuff under another band at some point in the next two years, just because I really, I love writing pop music too. Um, and I think the Catholic perspective is, you know, as you know, beautiful and much needed in the world. And yes. um, I want to write pop music as well, but I don't want to mix them anymore. I just have sort of a weird experience with that. I feel like it's kind of a strange world to live in. So I decided to sort of, you know, take it to church. So, well, um, so I did a Kickstarter. Yeah, I'm excited about it, you know. And I did a Kickstarter to fund this first record, this first independent record, and we decided to raise 40 grand, which is actually a small fraction of what it takes to make and market a record, usually, uh, as far as label-wise, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but we thought we could, you know, we sort of made a budget and cut some things, and we were like, we can do it for 40K, but that seems like a lot of money. It'll probably take us forever. We were kind of, like, ready to do it for the long haul. And uh, and because with Kickstarter, if you don't get all the money, you don't get any of it. So Oh, is that how that works? Um, okay. Yeah, people pledge, and if you don't hit your goal, then it just all goes away. So there's a risk there, for sure. And we thought 40000 was doable, but kind of high. And anyway, we kind of put it out there and said a prayer, and then 50 hours later, we hit our goal. I and, watched um, this occur on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> it was amazing. That if, we were so shocked. That, that ought to tell you that the Holy Spirit is moving. I mean, that that's what it said to me. I just I was so excited for you. With that, so when do you think we might hear some of your new work? Well, um, there's two ways to do it because we—I'll probably put the record out in the summer. Okay, cool. and then um, I'm thinking of doing kind of a, an, a little pre-release with a single and stuff that will probably be free, which will be cool. And uh, that would probably happen—I don't know exactly when—but we're kind of plotting, figuring that out. And then if people want to back the Kickstarter now, we still have 15 or 13 days left of it. And if they back for $20 or higher, you can get three songs right away. And um, so that's something that, you know, if your listeners are interested, they can find on the Kickstarter page. Yeah, and while we're at certainly kickstarter.com, but where else can people get in touch with you or find your music? I have a Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com slash Audrey Assad Music. And I'm also on Twitter, and I'm very active on Twitter because I love Twitter for some reason. I, I find the medium really, uh, really fun. I can I can, I uh, interact with fans a lot on Twitter, oh. and that's twitter.com backslash Audrey Assad. Awesome. And I want to go back to one thing. I know Mary, Mary's biting at the bit. She's ready to yeah. ask you something. But but mm-hmm. Mary asked you about, it, it was in essence the substance of your songs and why do you think youth are so drawn. Oh, I, that's right. That's I, have a, I have an answer for that because I, this is something I've observed in you. 
Okay, because I, I, as I said, I'm a musician myself, and I love my faith, and I think we have that in common. And I think what it is, Audrey, this is what I see in you. I see the, that you love beauty, you love goodness, you love the faith, and God has given you a great gift to share that through articulating that through your gift of songwriting and that beautiful, beautiful voice. That is a, a great gift from, from the Lord, Thank and you. he's asking you Absolutely. to use that. That yeah, is what those absolutely. children are drawn to. That's what I believe. I mean, you know, that's what it, yeah, ultimately it all falls under that umbrella. Anytime that, um, you know, like I, I have a lot of, it's interesting. I've recorded a lot of things and, and gotten a lot of feedback from people who are like, hey, I'm atheist, you know, and I love this. And I know that's the Lord. Like, even if it's through my voice, you know, that um, he blessed it and yes. he made it what it is. And um, And I have, and part of the reason I want to do this church music stuff is, that I feel like that's one of the best ways I can use it to serve really well and serve the church's needs. Um, and I think both of those things, pop music and church music, yes. it can all do that. And I want to do all of it. Oh, <laughs> so, I, amen, sister. That. That's what I, th- I say to that. <laughs> hey, uh, Audrey, I have one fun question, and then I yeah. have a, another question. Uh, okay. Who's your most famous Twitter follower? Oh. Jordan Sparks. <laughs> Who is it? Jordan Sparks. No really? way. <laughs> Look at you. What a cutie. She's a cutie. I know. She's so sweet. We never met, but we've tweeted at each other. She started following me. I was like, oh, hey. (laughs) Hey, hey, try to get Matt Marr to follow us. That's what we, that's my goal. Oh, yeah. The gray fox follows the working Catholic mom. There you go. There you go. All right. Here's my, yeah, please. Hey, this is my, my serious question though. Um, tell us about, because I know, uh, following you on Twitter, I also follow your husband. And I know mm-hmm. that he um, uh, is a, a cancer survivor. And you mm-hmm. guys did the, the album, The Cancer Year. Mm-hmm. And I want you to talk to us a little bit, you know, in your sacrament of matrimony, just sort of your role, your part in his journey, mm-hmm. uh, in his healing. And then, you know, what was difficult about that, but also what were the blessings from that? Yeah, yeah. Well, for those who haven't heard the story, I'll just briefly share. Um, my husband was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma six months after we were married. And so um, we moved across the country to Nashville and started chemotherapy at Vanderbilt University. And he did that for six months. And then um, he's been cancer-free officially for just about a year. Amen. Thanks, awesome. be yeah, Thanks be to God. Yeah, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. And um, as far as uh, my role in that... Um, it was really interesting because, well, I married a guy who, and he would tell you this, um, he's very prickly. He's kind of like a porcupine. He's a little <laughs> bit fresh and kind of on, he's got rough edges, you know. And um, I think that uh, it was really interesting being in a position where he suddenly just needed so much from me. And I know that was hard on him, you know, and, and I think it was good for him in that way, but hard on him because he's not that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I was still working, and I didn't cancel anything, uh, any dates that I had, because we had to survive financially, and he couldn't work very much because he was so sick, you know. And um, so I worked, and I would fly home and take him to the hospital and stay there all day and, um, you know, come home and tuck him into bed, and I made all the food, clean the house. I mean, I basically, you know, had to do, uh, well, a lot of things, but it was it was it was really a blessing for me to, to do that because I think every woman, um, likes to feel like helpful and, Absolutely. Sort of like a, you know, there's like a beauty to that experience of, and I'm not saying it wasn't ever 
hard. It was, right. but that was, you know, absolutely a very rich time for me as a woman to be, to serve him and to, um, be supportive. And, uh, you know, I think that we both grew a lot in our love for each other at the time and, and it, it really did strengthen our bond. And it, I, I like to say it gave us a toolbox for the future trials that we may experience. Cause like we didn't really have a very honeymoonish year at all. I mean, our first six months were on the road. We weren't home at all the whole time. And then he got sick and then that was that. And, but we love, we love it because we feel like we got tools and sharpened them for the future. Um, and we're, yeah, it was, it was a beautiful time too. The blessings I think for me, the most were that I, when I first found out that he had to have a biopsy, I remember, the moment he told me we were sitting in my brother's living room in New Jersey and no one was there and it was like sunset and this, you know, we're sitting on the couch. He's like, Hey, the doctor called and this is what has to happen. And I said, I shed one tear. And then I thought life is so short and I only have this moment. And it was, you know, so many saints have talked mm-hmm. about that. And I realized it, I think actually for the first time and that changed my life because every beauty was more beautiful. Every high was higher. Every low was lower, but I was feeling everything so intensely. Like, like every cell in my body was sort of awake to this fact that, that we only have this moment. Um, we have no guarantee of the next moment and that in this moment, um, God is moving and that is what matters. And so, I found that to be a really rich time, and I know he did too. And, and uh, it was hard to watch him suffer, and that was probably the hardest thing about it for me was just watching him suffering um, and knowing that I had no control over it. And that was, again, an opportunity for me to surrender my illusions of control. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, so it was, really, it was a really precious time for us, and I'm glad it's over, but I, I think God <laughs> used it to accomplish a lot in our hearts. And if it comes again or if something else comes, then... I know he'll do the same thing. Well, thank uh, you for that, Audrey. That was beautiful. That is such a been such a witness to redemptive suffering in the Catholic Church and what the richness mm-hmm. richness of the faith that it offers us to make it through these crosses. It has been such Absolutely. such a pleasure, Audrey, to have you with us. I hope you'll come thank back with you. us again. And Anytime, with, please invite oh, me. I'll be back. God bless you, Audrey. And tell us one more time how we can get in touch with you. Yeah, you can go uh, go to facebook.com slash Audrey Saad Music or twitter.com slash Audrey Saad. Oh, God bless you. And, and send your husband our best. And uh, we all, I know I prayed for you during this time. I've, I've been oh, following you as well. So oh, man. God bless you. And we can't wait till next time. Same here. Thank all righty. Bye-bye. Right. Thanks, Audrey. Bye-bye. Wow, that was so powerful. I'm She's so beautiful. She is beautiful. What a, what a conversion. What a conversion of heart. Such such a beautiful young woman. Well, you know, St. Catherine, Catherine of Siena says, if you are what you should be, you will set the world ablaze. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us, everybody. Until we meet again, may God bless you and shine his face upon you and give you peace. Bye-bye. A prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, you taught the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant that by the same gift of that same spirit, we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system, 
We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. The effort to get Catholic Radio on the air in Southeast Louisiana started years ago, and now it's here. Financial support is, and will continue to be, an ongoing need to keep Catholic Radio on the air. But now, more than ever, I'd like to ask for a different kind of support. Your prayers. We've come a long way, but we need your prayers. The lights can only burn bright with financial donations, but a donation of prayer keeps the possibilities burning much brighter. This is Saint of the Day for April 9th from the Franciscans and St. Anthony Messenger Press. Today we celebrate Saint Casilda. Some saints' names are far more familiar to us than others, but even the lives of obscure holy persons teach us something. And so it is with Saint Casilda, the daughter of a Muslim leader in Toledo, Spain, in the 10th century. Casilda was herself raised as a Muslim and showed special kindness to Christian prisoners. She became ill as a young woman, but was not convinced that any of the local Arab doctors could cure her. So she made a pilgrimage to the shrine of San Vicenzo in northern Spain. Like so many other people who made their way there, many of them suffering from hemorrhages, Casilda sought the healing waters of the shrine. We are uncertain what brought her to the shrine, but we do know that she left it relieved of illness. In response, she became a Christian and lived a life of solitude and penance not far from the miraculous spring. It's said that she lived to be 100 years old. Her death likely occurred around the year 1050. Tensions between Muslims and Christians have often existed throughout history, sometimes resulting in bloody conflict. Through her quiet, simple life, Casilda served her creator, first in one faith, then another. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, franciscanradio.org. From the Franciscans and St. Anthony Messenger Press, this is Saint of the Day. This is a Young Catholic Minute. Hey man, don't impose your beliefs on me. Whoa, hang on a second. If you really believe that people shouldn't impose their beliefs on others, then why are you imposing that belief on me? Like it or not, there are times when the right thing to do is imposing your belief on others. What if policemen didn't like imposing their belief that stealing was wrong on burglars? What if you told your dentist not to impose his belief that you needed a tooth pulled on you? There would be chaos. Sure, nobody likes to be told what to do, but sometimes we have to trust those who know better, like dentists and God. And if we don't understand something that God is trying to tell us, then instead of rejecting it immediately, we should search for the truth. If we do that instead of refusing to listen, we will discover God's plan for us, even if it's hard to understand at first. For more Young Catholic Minutes, go to youtube.com slash youngcatholic. This is Coach Alan Taylor of St. Michael's Family Fitness. At the heart of St. Michael's Family Fitness is the goal of nurturing a healthy lifestyle for you and your family. We offer a variety of instruction specializing in nutritional counseling, healthy cooking techniques, as well as incorporating physical fitness into your daily life. We also offer group fitness classes and personal training, as well as self-defense training through our School of Combat Martial Arts. St. Michael's Family Fitness is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio and a proud supporter of keeping your family fit. For more information, I can be contacted at 
888-888-9332 or online at allen.t at att.net.